we need to talk strikes fear into the hearts of most. But we're breaking down that scary declaration on the Talking Couple podcast. I'm Deshaun. And I'm Laurie. We're married. Both from the South, but made the cross-country move to L.A. And are busy pursuing our careers. Even with the demands of life, we aim to put our marriage first. Every other week, we share personal experiences from our own relationship to help other couples spot red flags, get fresh insight, and ultimately strengthen their partnerships. We get real, raw, and sometimes a little uncomfortable to give you the tools to change your life. Hello, world, and welcome to the Talking Couples podcast, episode number 104. If you're looking for a relationship, or if you're in one, this is the show for you. We're not afraid to tackle tough topics, and we share personal stories that will hopefully inspire individual growth and a relationship revolution. And on today's episode, we're talking about getting unstuck when you feel like you just can't move forward. So joining us today is Adonis Lindsay. He's an author, speaker, podcaster, TV show host, inspiring people of all stages of life and showing them the lives that they could always imagine. Sounds like an awesome job to me. So Adonis lives in the Nashville, Tennessee area. So shout out to all of our friends and family back home. And fun fact about Adonis, he is an extra special guest on our show because he performed our marriage ceremony about three and a half years ago. Adonis, it's always good to see you, sir. And Thank so you all for inviting me. We're so glad to have Adonis on the show to help go through some difficult things. You know, how to get those things going and yeah. get them out of our way. When, you know? Yeah, when it's not going your way and kind of how to follow your heart when you feel like you've settled for less than what you're meant to be. But before we jump into the serious conversation, we do have a little icebreaker for you uh, just to give our listeners a chance to know you better. So, all right. Awesome. <laughs> so here we go. We, and, we, and we should say, we do ask the same question, so we don't give preferential treatment. Yeah. We do ask the same question of all of our guests um, because we think the answers are pretty telling. So what is the one thing that you hate, but everybody else loves? One thing that like everybody in the world loves? Well, I mean... <laughs> Obviously, we haven't polled everybody, but yeah, yeah. general consensus. Yeah, general. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I would have to say pie. All kinds. Yeah, I just I don't like it. I don't think I've ever met anybody that doesn't like pie. Mm -mm. That's a good. I don't. I don't like the feeling. You know, the how you mix all the. (laughs) Yeah. If you're gonna eat a pecan, don't put all the creamy stuff. Just eat it. Just crack it and eat it, you know. Yeah. Around the holidays, you know, that's the big thing. It's like I just I don't I don't like pie. Are you one of those people that also doesn't like your food to touch? Oh no, my food can touch. Okay, but it's it's one of those, you know, when there's a dessert or something, you know, don't be mixing. I'm very plain. <laughs> so, you know, my dessert is a bowl of vanilla ice cream. As crazy as I can get is butter pecan, and that's pushing it. So I stay right there in that zone right there. So <laughs> Keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, more pie for me then. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right. So let's get it going. I know I can speak for the both of us when I say I really relate to the feeling of being stuck on so many levels throughout our relationship, mm-hmm. whether it be like me focusing on my business her being in her job, Mm -hmm. financial situations, even fitness goals. Oh gosh, don't get me started. The list goes on. You know, in your book, Next, What to Do When You Know There's Something More, 
you yeah. Yeah. described this epiphany that you had that sort of woke you up and changed your perspective when you were feeling stuck. What do you think that was that sort of sparked that awakening for you? Depending on the individual, there's always that destiny beating in your heart and you just always are dreaming and thinking forward and you're just never satisfied with where you are. Mm -hmm. And if you're that type of individual, you know, there's no way around that. And it doesn't mean you are ungrateful for the things that you do have, you know, mm -hmm. depending upon your, uh, your faith, your religious background, you know, I, I'm definitely a believer. Uh, you know, part of my background is uh, ministry as well. And so I've always been thankful to God for, you know, what I do have and where I am. But it's always also been that that destiny beating my in my heart, like, okay, there's something more, there's something more, you know? And I remember one day, this was many, many years ago, I was uh, making a transition from ministry and just kind of felt like, you know, God was shifting me to go out and evangelize. And because it's always been in my heart to travel and minister, I just felt like, okay, the gift that I have, I want to just give that to as many people as I can. And so, you know, taking that risk, and that's the thing, you know, if you're going to go after your dream, your destiny, it's going to involve risk. So there I was, uh, took that risk, stepped out there, and things just did not work out like I thought they were going to work out. So I uh, found myself, you know, uh, not living the dream that was on the inside of me, but just mm -hmm. doing what I had to do in the meantime till I could catch my footing and figure out what I was going to do next. Uh, I remember my bank account was draining and I just took a job uh, stocking groceries overnight at a grocery store. And I remember one night, you know, uh, around 2 a.m., you know, we take a break and I walked over to the little, I think it's called Choice Book Stand. Exactly. Uh, I grabbed the book and it was called uh, Just Enough Light for the Step That I'm On. It was by uh, Stormy Omardian. She was living in Nashville at the time. And so that's when, you know, God was already dealing with me about transitioning to Nashville. I was there in Texas and I just reached that place, man. I read that book and it's like, okay, yeah, I've got to begin to take some next steps. I can't stay stuck here. I've got to get back up and I've got to do, I've got to start changing some things in my mind. I've got to get a better attitude and I got to start moving forward. You know, I just knew cause you, you know, get to that place, either you do or you don't. You know, if, and if you don't, then you, you're going to have a miserable time because you'll never be comfortable. Uh, in my book, I talk about a place called Settleville. Yep. Right. And a lot of us hit this place called Settleville and we're miserable. But then, you know, we don't want to take the risk to get out of there. Or maybe we've done it and we've had a crash and burn moment. So now we need that safety, that, that comfort mm -hmm. zone. And, but the problem is when you're in Settleville, you know you, you're in Settleville. You know you've settled for life less than what you could be living. And that's when, you know, I just had that epiphany, man. I got to make some changes. This is not the end all. There's more. And I just got to keep driving and pushing and walking towards that, whatever that is. And a lot of times we don't know. I mean, we have a, a glimpse, but, you know, it's in moving that it's revealed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and who would have thought that that was the start of what eventually turned into your book? Yeah. So you just never know. You never know where <laughs> things are going to lead you. And so like we've had the ability to lean on each other during those times, you know, where I felt that, I, you know, we're pushing and just going forward and like there's just moments where it just like gets stuck. And then, yeah. you know, we have that recurring theme in our relationship 
I think it is because we refuse to be satisfied, <laughs> which is kind of a blessing and a curse, you know, and I think we've always really tried to push each other yeah, and definitely. we want to be like the best person ourselves. We also want to be the best couple we can be. And so I was so glad when you said in your book, it's okay to be discontent. Like discontent is not being ungrateful. That's something that I've always battled with because I just feel guilty that I'm not living more in the present moment or that I'm being ungrateful or that I'm too much of a dreamer and I should just be happy with what I have. And I've actually felt this way ever since I was a little child. I talked about it on one of our other podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. I've always had this restless feeling that there was something more. I was destined to do something great. It sounds cocky when I say it. I don't even like to say it out loud. <laughs> I don't even know what that is per se. Yeah. Um, and so I'm wondering, I'm curious, is that doubt and that guilt I feel, is that the mind monsters talking or what, is that just human nature? <laughs> I, I think it's a plethora of different things that could be talking to somebody like yourself or anybody in that situation because we've all been through there to where things are good, but it's like, I kind of liken it to this, uh, munching out at night or you just eating some, some junk food or whatever, <laughs> but and then exactly. like 10 minutes later, you're hungry again. And because you haven't found that meal that has satisfied you. And in the meantime, you're just throwing stuff in the mouth. <laughs> See <laughs> <it> works. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you got to find that thing that satisfies you. And it's, and you know, and I went through that a while back. It's not that I'm ungrateful. I'm very grateful. But there's just something beating on the inside of me that causes me not to look around and think this is the end all. It's great. It's good. Okay. But this this is not the end all. There's, there's more. You know, go through different seasons to where driving you faster or mm -hmm. then seasons where, you, you know, you're restructuring and retooling and kind of thinking about, okay, let me build some more strategy around this and not let me be so frustrated with where I am right now. And I think it's trying to create that balance, you know, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're husband and wife, you know, it's like there's a balance there. You know, I told my wife... <laughs> A while back, it's like, man, I could, I could sell everything, get an RV, and let's just travel around the world. <laughs> There's been a couple of conversations <laughs> where we've had that. It was so funny for a season, you know, we're driving down the roads, and I'm starting to talk to the kids about uh, campers and RVs. Got them so excited, like, we're, we're going on road trips, and they're like, Dad, there's a camper. There's an RV. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's good that in that relationship, it can bring a balance. But at the same time, it's like, when there's one of you is still dreaming and, and there, you know there's something more, you, you got to learn to walk together towards that and not try to pull somebody into what you've got going on, but still walk together toward both of your journeys and whatever the destiny that God has for each one of you. You know, how does that, you know, feed into the other and how can that inspire and encourage the other? Uh, those mind monsters will come in and, you know, what they do, they sit on your shoulder. Oh, yeah. Right. And, you know, you're sitting there, you're, you're strategizing for your future and they're trying to talk you out of it. Like, who are you? You know, are you too good? What, what, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. the more you, you let that mind monster sit on your shoulder, eventually you begin to talk to it. And the moment you begin to turn your head and talk to it, man, it's, it's got you. It's got your yeah, attention, yeah. your focus, and you're not looking forward anymore. You're worried about what people are thinking about you, what people are going to say. You're worried about if you have a crash and burn moment when you take a risk, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, risk takers, I guarantee you, uh, they're glad they took the risk to get to yeah. where they are. If we had listeners that are feeling sort of 
stuck where they are. They're not really sure what their next move is. You know, how do you, how do you stop making those excuses? Cause it does a lot of times come down to sort of the excuses. Oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Or you know, how yeah. do we tune out those distractions yeah. and, and really face those fears? Where do you even start with that? I think when the, when the pain of being stuck becomes greater than the pain of taking a risk, that causes movement. And you've got to reach a place to where when you know you're stuck, you've had some educated conversations with yourself. <laughs> you've told yourself, <laughs> you went down that trail and you've told yourself, hey, here's the reasoning why you should not do that. And, you know, in reality, it's until we get out of our own way and begin to just take the risk and take the next step. Uh, oh, and let me tell you this. First thing we got to do, we can't blame anybody for why we're stuck. Mm. Okay, that is so key. Some people blame remain, I lost my job because of that person. Yeah, right, or right. they sabotage me from getting the promotion. When we're blaming people, it doesn't allow us to look at us kind of challenge ourselves, hey, what, what can I fix on the inside? What can I fix with my attitude, uh, my thought process? What can I fix? You know, if I'm lazy, I need to tell myself, hey, you're lazy. Let's change that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and that's reality right there, you know? When you start out on a journey, you're going from being stuck and you're sick and tired of it, and you're ready to take that next step, this is the most crucial time. You know, Don Shula said it this way. He said, the start is what stops most people. When you actually start something, you go from just dreaming about it because we're in a good stage. If I'm comfortable, I'm stuck, then all of a sudden dreaming about it becomes medication for me to where I don't have to look at reality that I'm stuck. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about it that way. When you get sick and tired of that uh, cycle, then you begin to, okay, you know what? I need to call myself out. I'm lazy, I'm hurt because of the past. I'm still holding on to what did not happen in my life. I blame people. We got to let all that go. We got to step up to the plate and take the next step. When you begin to do that, I think that's when the real work starts. I think that's when uh, mm -hmm. come hell or high water, whatever, we are committed to this journey. I don't care where I end up. I just know I don't want to stay here, you know? Yeah, we've been in that situation before, mm -hmm. and it actually took – a cross-country move to LA to, not that everything takes that drastic of a measure, but it was one of those things where- We were in a place where- you know, And you we were just, the one that really kind of helped push that, which was great because yeah. I don't know that I would have taken that step on my own. We realized that we were just in a bad space. Um, we wanted something different. We were feeling stuck. Couldn't grow. Could, we couldn't grow, you know? And so we we're just like, hey, let's start putting a plan together to get out. Yeah. And so, you know, we made this drastic change. We made this move and just like, hey, let's just do it. Yeah. Take that risk, like you said, and yeah. you know, not blaming it on somebody else because we're not happy. Yeah, um, it was like the probably the best thing we ever did. I mean, it's not been perfect by any means, but it's it's prompted so many other so many, things yeah. to start lining up. Yeah, and all of that, you know, and that's the that's the beauty of the journey because all of those things begin to happen after you take the step. And I love it because you said, let's start making a plan to do something. You know, and, and a lot of people don't plan for anything. And it, it, we all know that if you don't plan, it's not going to happen. Exactly. Okay. It's not going to happen <laughs> so, very well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you took the step, 
and, and you made the long haul, the journey, not knowing what was on the other end, not knowing what was awaiting you, you know, that's a huge thing to take that kind of risk. And I think by nature, a lot of people are just, you know, just so anti that risk. And nobody likes to step into the unknown or unfamiliar. You guys have done both. You've stepped into the unknown and the unfamiliar, but all of that will be rewarded as you stay the journey. And watch, you, you guys will have these kind of conversations like, wow, okay, this never would have happened if we hadn't moved. Yeah. And that is the beauty of it. You know, a real good friend of mine, uh, his father-in-law came to visit them in Nashville. And his father-in-law was a very successful uh, real estate businessman. My friend took him for a drive and they were going through uh, some of the very high-end areas of Nashville and they're driving through some of these uh, neighborhoods with these mansions. And my friend is like, whoa, and man, I wonder what, what do these people do for a living, you know? <laughs> His father-in-law looked at him and taught him a huge lesson. And when he relayed that to me, I was like, wow, that's so deep. His father-in-law said, well, I wonder what kind of risk they took to get to where they are. His father-in-law knew, no, that, none of that would have happened. But somewhere in that person's life, they took a huge risk. And now that risk has rewarded them. You know, mm -hmm. I tell people a lot of times our mind goes towards the negative so quick, mm -hmm. you know, and we can put the same amount of emotional energy into thinking, okay, what is going to happen, right? And we just keep that fueling us. Even when things go wrong, we're still in our mind, we're looking for the things that are eventually going to start happening for us if we stay committed to the journey. And it's always a process. It's always a going through the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows. And you know, just kind of stay committed to it and keep walking it out. Yeah. Keep those blinders on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, when we first kind of broke the news that we were moving, we were not prepared for some of the reactions we got, you know, because you talk about in your book and man, we've encountered this is those kind of naysayers. When you start to talk about achieving your dreams, it makes other people uncomfortable, you know, yeah. and I, like, I'd never quite encountered that before until, you know, we got some folks thought it was the coolest thing ever, but we also got some very interesting reactions interesting. and responses to, why are you moving all the way out there? Yeah. Why would that's, you leave your job? And that's when, you know, you just don't let that offend you. Uh, because at the end of the day, they're not responsible for you getting to where you're going, you are responsible to get to where what you see on the outside can eventually match what you see on the inside. Yeah. You probably run into people like this that have had a big dream at one time and something happened that kind of just took the breath out of them and they recognized that they could have got back up and went forward, but they just never did. You know, you can recognize that depression on the inside of them and you just know because they know for the rest of their life, they will know, hey, you know, I could have done that, but yep. I didn't. I've compared it to him before. This feeling I feel is kind of like what I assume it must be for someone who wants to have a kid, that desire, that strong innate desire to have children. And if you can't, then like that grieving or that, that longing, that feeling. And so it almost feels like I'm grieving that loss of that thing. And sometimes it also feels very hopeful and aspirational, but it never goes away. I kind of look at it like this, you're doing it now because it's a process. Yeah. You know, it's success is not a, a sprint, it's a marathon. So you're you're walking out your success even even right now. And you guys said, Hey, let's make a plan, let's make the move and go. So that's part of the success journey. 
You know, I tell yeah. people this all the time. If you're ever in a situation where you are in the presence of a very successful person, maybe somebody that you've admired, you've followed them online or whatever, and, but if you ever are in a situation where you can get some one-on-one time with them, number one question I tell people you need to ask that person is, you need to sit down and say, hey, tell me about your pre-success story. Because that's yeah. the story that you want to hear. So there's, I guess there's the being stuck by choice, but then there's also sort of this being stuck by outside circumstances, outside of your control. Like if we even look at what's going on right now, are there still ways to sort of move forward and put a plan in place? The situation we're in, people are quarantined, people are, you know, stay at home and slowly opening back up. And, and here's the thing that I kind of determined in my mind, you know, nobody can quarantine your mind. As long as you keep your mind moving, and your wheels turning, it doesn't allow you to look at the moment of, of woe is me. And yeah, we're in a season where it feels like, okay, people are telling me to stay at home or people are shutting this down, you know, and it's affecting a lot of people and it's a horrible situation. But even in those, those moments and those situations, I think we can make the shift in our mind and start looking for, okay, what's next? Instead of worrying about things you can't control, start focusing on things you can control. Your mind, you can control that. You know, in those seasons where you feel like all hope is gone, I think it's time to bring a little laughter back. Uh, We've resorted to torturing our nearby neighbors with horrible karaoke singing. You know? We We might even document that on our YouTube channel soon. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's pretty bad, but we had had fun doing it. (laughs) You know, get the laughter in and make sure that we're feeling good. Definitely. This has been a great discussion. You know, thanks so much for opening up, sharing your expertise. My pleasure. My pleasure. So we always close the show with questions from our listeners. Um, as a reminder, you can send those to us, feedback at the talkingcouple.com. Question for tonight is... You want to go? You, go? Oh, you go. Yeah. My wife and I have been together for eight years, and it feels like we're not growing together anymore. I'm worried about us growing apart and how can we get back that spark we had when we first started dating? So what do you think? I'm always upfront and want to confront it and just say, hey, look, this is how I'm feeling. This is, you know, what's going on and see how you're feeling. Whatever the case may be, I think it's really important to discuss that. that. Yeah. I mean, if if you're feeling that way, then chances are she's feeling that way too. And I mean, maybe kind of go back to what drew you together to begin with. For us, Mm -hmm. dancing brought us together. So anytime we're feeling a little ho-hum or feeling a little frumpy in our sweats or whatever, we just get all dolled up and go out on the town and dance. Obviously not lately, but... We have danced in the kitchen and in the living room, just around, you know, put some music on and... Yeah. So Adonis, we'd love for you to weigh in too, since you've been married longer than us. <laughs> yeah. You know, eight years, just like what has changed? It could be job, it could be children. So the whole family dynamic has gone from the two of you to it could be five or six of you. So now it's trying to manage all of that. And at the end of the day, you know, it was just two hearts and all your affection went to one person. Now all that affection has to be divided. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but it's always that hunt to keep the main thing the main thing. What can we do to make sure we're spending time together? Now, that time may look different. At the end of the day, you've got the kids in bed. It could be laying down trying to watch a movie, okay? <laughs> and so... Not falling asleep. My wife does the same thing. But, you know, it's like we're both there together. But I know, like, 
you know, she'll pick a movie. It's like, maybe in five minutes, you're going to be asleep. But she's yeah, like, but I'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm stuck watching the whole show. The whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what happened? I was like, and I'm like, we've never seen that movie. He's like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that spark may look different, but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean it's not a spark anymore. I think things do evolve. Uh, it doesn't mean the relationship changes, but it evolves depending upon what else has come into the equation. And it's, and it's going to be different seasons of that. Adonis, thank you so much. Uh, we love having you on the show. Um, and for everyone out there, you guys can find Adonis's book and audio CD on his website at adonislindsay.com. And on the next episode of The Talking Couple, we're plotting out our future. At least 10 years of it. Right? Well, yeah. yeah. 10 years. We did the single most effective goal setting exercise we've ever done. And oh, wow. we are convinced that you are going to love it too. Until next time. Get to talking. Thanks for joining us for the Talking Couple podcast. We have a favor to ask. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the Talking Couple. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on social media. We are the Talking Couple on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs>